welcome to the Liberal Conservative Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Wayne. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the use of deadly force incident involving Tulsa Police Officer Betty Shelby and Terrence Crutcher. Uh, this occurred in September of 2016. Before we get started on that, I wanted to go into some things. In the past two weeks since our last episode, we've had a lot going on in the world. You know, we had the Hamas terrorist attack in Israel that killed, you know, last I saw, I think it was about 1,200 people and they took a bunch of hostages and but one one other crazy thing that I that I thought of when this was happening is we have people in the House of Representatives and senators people in our government who are who are bashing Israel and almost almost signaling that they support Hamas and they're glad this terrorist attack a terrorist attack happened and to me it's just crazy that this thing, this is happening in our in our country that you have government officials condoning terrorism and, and it amazes me and i i hope that we can do something about it as voters and get these people out of here i don't know that that'll happen but you know i've told you many times the radical left and the radical right are just tearing our country apart um in and another in, in an interview with hillary clinton who who i've told you before i just cannot deal with. She says some outlandish things and every time she speaks, I just want to yell at her, Benghazi. But uh, on October 6th, she had an interview with CNN and she said that Trump supporters and Republicans need to be deprogrammed. So, and that kind of amazed me. I was like, this is a government official. You almost want to call her Hillary Putin. So she wants to deprogram anyone who doesn't fall along with her beliefs or the Democratic Party's beliefs, which which obviously is very outlandish and and very Gestapo like. Uh, you know, I've told you before. I, I just can't deal with her. I think that her during the administration when she was Secretary of State, which was when Barack Obama was in office, I think that's when our government started to take a turn to the radical side. You had vastly opposing views. I believe Barack Obama, and I've told you I voted for him, I think he will go down as one of the most divisive presidents in history. If you look at some of his agendas, you know, I, I remember he invited um, <clears throat> the parents from uh, Michael Brown, was his name, I believe, in Ferguson, um, They to the State of the Union address before the investigation was even done, which ultimately proved that People were lying to get police in, in charged with murder. And we had, you know, he's condoning all these all these protests where they're burning down cities. So I, I just think that administration was the beginning of the of the polarization of, of of our politics at this point in time. You know, if you look before that, Bill Clinton was a radical, Ronald Reagan was a radical, the first George, first George Bush wasn't radical, second George Bush wasn't radical, but when, when Barack Obama, even though I voted for him when he came into office, I just believe that we started going to vastly opposed points of views from the radical left and the radical right. And I really think his administration probably gave birth to... Um, to the Donald Trump administration. People were tired of being called racist all the time. People were tired of, of the protest and they went from radical right, or I'm sorry, from radical left all the way to radical right. And now we're also paying for it. Um, uh, the House House Representative Speaker of the House, McCarthy, he got voted out by some radical Republicans and, you know, because he was too moderate. It, it, 
it's a shame that this is happening to our country. So let me get into this use of deadly force incident with uh, Officer Betty Shelby. So first of all, I, I probably need to define a use of force. So you have a use of deadly force and you have a use of force. And a use of force is any force used to effect an arrest beyond routine handcuffing. And this is a basic guideline in most departments across the country. They might not say it exactly like that, but it's very similar to to in every medium, probably to large size department and probably most small departments. So anytime a person fails to fully comply with an officer when they're arrested, then the officer must report a use of force. So, um, you know, deadly force is obvious. It's the force that one knows or should know can cause death uh, or serious bodily harm. And deadly force is, deadly force is authorized in the defense of others or yourself. Um, in my opinion, in nearly every use of force incident, and I've studied probably hundreds, the person who is engaging the police has a part to play in that incident. You know, in, in this case, Terrence Crutcher, he had a part to play in that. Now, if a person would just comply with officers, then the use of force or the use of deadly force would likely never occur. Now, in my opinion, that does not justify the unnecessary use of deadly force or the unnecessary use of force but had the person simply complied, the deadly force or the use of force would likely never have occurred. And you'll probably hear me say this a lot in this series, which we're going through on uses of force incidents, that it is not an officer's job to risk his or her life so you can safely resist arrest. It's just not how this system works. In fact, officers are authorized by statute or by policies. Excuse me, I got allergies today by policies, um, you are usually able to go one step above the force being used against you. So if someone is not complying with you verbally, you are allowed to lay hands on them. Um, so let's get into the Betty, the Betty Shelby incident <clears throat> in which she killed Terrence Crutcher. This happened on September 16th, 2016 at 1944 hours, which is 7.45 p.m. It happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Betty Shelby was a Tulsa police officer, and she shot and killed Terrence Crutcher. Now, based on the probable cause affidavit, which is uh, it's, it's an affidavit that, that generally just... Um, puts the elements of the crime in place for a judge to read and says, yes, there's probable cause to charge this person or there's, or there's not enough, not enough probable cause to charge this person. But in the probable cause affidavit, it says that Shelby was assigned to back another officer on a domestic abuse, on a domestic dispute. On the way to the call um, at 3600 North Lewis in Tulsa, she noticed a vehicle blocking traffic on Lewis Avenue, approximately one block west of East 36th Street North once again in Tulsa. Uh, she also noticed that Crutcher, he was on the northwest corner of this intersection. So that would be East 36th Street and Lewis Avenue. Um, Shelby said that she tried to speak with Crutcher, asking him if the vehicle belonged to him. She said he simply mumbled. Um, when a second officer arrives, Shelby had already followed um, Terrence Crutcher back to his vehicle. She was standing at the left rear of the SUV um, which would be on the driver's side. Crutcher was at the driver's window. Um, the officer tells Shelby, the second officer who arrived, tells Shelby that he has his taser ready. Crutcher reaches into the front driver's window. Second officer deploys his taser, and Shelby immediately, as soon as that taser was deployed, she immediately fires one shot, striking Crutcher in the right side of his chest. Um, 
Crutcher was at the driver's door of his vehicle and he was not following commands. Um, and in my opinion, officers could not let him go mobile at this point. Um, Shelby had, had told investigators initially after the shooting that she thought he was having a mental episode. Well, it, you think about it, if these officers let, let Crutcher get back in his vehicle when they believe he's having a mental, uh, mental episode, mental health episode, and he goes down the road and kills somebody, then they're, they're liable. So I believe they could not let him to go mobile. <clears throat> Now, the the video picks up when the second officer arrives about the time the the helicopter arrives, the police helicopter, and both had video. Um, officer Shelby, Shelby said that before the video started, before anyone else arrived, that she had cleared the vehicle, and I believe this will be important later. Um, in, in the helicopter video, I, I clearly see what I believe to be the driver's window rolled down. Um, this fact was disputed by the Crutcher family attorney. I'm not sure why, um, but also there was no weapon found in the vehicle or on Crutcher after he was killed. Um, during her interview with homicide detectives, Shelby had told, officers, told the, the detectives that she feared Crutcher was going to kill her. Um, in, the, in the warrant affidavit, the district attorney's investigator wrote that he believed Shelby had unreasonably escalated the situation. <clears throat> okay, so let's start with a little background on, on Officer Shelby. So she was originally a Tulsa County deputy. She was hired with Tulsa County in 2007. She moved to the Tulsa Police Department in 2011. It was widely reported during the time of this incident that Officer Shelby had only had one use of force incident prior to that shooting. And I could only find one for use of force incident also, and that was in 2017. Now, um, that'll be important later also, but as I told you before, having a use of force is not a big deal because anything other than routine handcuffing is, is a use of force. So it appears that Shelby was assisting during the use of force in 2017. Sorry, I got ahead of myself. Um, Shelby was assisting in the serving of a search warrant when this use of force occurred. It was either a search warrant or arrest warrant. It just kept saying warrant in what I was looking at. Um, I was unable to find exactly what happened in this use of force, but in my experience in serving search warrants or arrest warrants, patrol officers will regularly come and assist detectives or special operations personnel because they're in civilian clothes and they need a uniform presence when you're serving these search warrants. Um, now, the fact that I told you that the fact that Shelby only had one use of force incident is very important in my opinion. She'd been in law enforcement nine years at the time of the shooting with, with only that one use of force that I could find. Now, I told you earlier, use of force is anything other than routine handcuffing. So if you're a patrol officer and you go nine years with only one use of force, to me, that is somewhat of a red flag. You may be timid, um, you know, free... free a use of force just happens. Now, use of deadly force rarely happens, but a use of force just happens. So let's say, for example, if you have a drunk driver who decides he does not want to go to jail and you got to hold him against your car or his car to get him handcuffed, that's a use of force. You know, if you go on a domestic abuse or domestic disturbance and someone is, is pepper sprayed, we call it OC gas, um, that's a use of force. So it astounds me that she, she only had one in nine years. I we police normally work 15 16 days a month if if you know it's we when i was there we worked eight on six off um and you would probably have a use of force once a weekend because that's especially in a high crime area now i did not i do not know betty shelby 
Um, but I do know officers from Tulsa PD who have worked with her and spoke with officers who have insight into her career. Um, her fellow Tulsa officers say she was very well liked, but that she regularly backed officers on calls instead of being the primary officer. Um, Tulsa officers have also have have also been quoted as saying that she would she should have never been working around that area of town where she was where she was assigned. I don't know Tulsa very well, but based on the officers' accounts, it sounds like she was working in a high crime area. Um, this also lends to my belief that one use of force in nine years is hard is hard to do. You you gotta avoid them all. So in my opinion, when the officers say that she was she should not have been working in that town, they're not saying this because she's a female officer. It's her it's it was her demeanor. Officers, male and female, are regularly placed in a part of town that fit their personality. And to me, one of the biggest examples of, of an officer who, whose, whose demeanor doesn't fit is Officer J.D. Tippett, who was killed by Lee Harvey Oswald. He was known to be very timid and not look people in the face when he was questioning them and things like that. And I think that may have contributed to his death. Well, once again, you, you just place officers. It's, it happens everywhere and it does not reflect on her gender. Okay. So <clears throat> let's break down the shooting itself. As I told you, Shelby had said that she had arrived at the vehicle. Uh, she cleared the vehicle and that means she makes a visual check of the vehicle, looking in the windows, checking for weapons, checking for people, checking for contraband. Um, in her interview, um, later on with detectives, she said that she believed Crutcher was on PCP. However, I told you in her initial interview, she said he thought she thought he was having a mental health episode. Um, however, from the video, you know, she said he, she believed he was on PCP. Um, from the video, Crutcher never really got close enough to her for her to know that. Um, you know, PCP has a very distinct smell, and when you're dealing with somebody with PCP, you can smell it on them. But I don't think she was she was close enough to smell it. Um, in addition, she originally said that she believed. Uh, Crutcher was having a, a mental health episode, which I've said probably three times. I just want to make that clear. Um, it appears to me that the PCP allegations that she said came about after PCP was recovered from Crutcher's vehicle after the fact. So I think that's where she came up with it. I don't necessarily say that she was lying. I just think you hear things and you go, oh yeah, he must have been on PCP. So, so it wasn't that she was lying. It's just it, her story changed and this was a stressful situation. So, so things you may not remember the way it really happened, you know, in a, in a fight when I've been in a use of force, you know, one officer sees it one way, another officer sees it another way. And after you write your report, you're like, oh yeah, you're right. That's is what happened. So it's not that she's lying. It's just the inconsistencies, which, which lend people to, it, it hurts her credibility in my opinion. Okay. So now the helicopter's flying over. When the helicopter first starts the video, you see Crutcher standing in front of her, of Betty Shelby's police car. Um, media made a big deal that the helicopter pilot said that Crutcher looked like a bad dude. Um, they claimed that he was, they were saying that because he was black. I don't necessarily think that's the case. In my opinion, they were talking about his size compared to her size and the fact that he, he was refusing to comply with her commands. You know, he walked straight to her vehicle, which he's worried not to. He just wasn't even acknowledging that she's saying anything. Now, when the other officer arrives, he runs to the back of Crutcher's vehicle. Betty Shelby is already standing to the left. Of, I'm sorry, to, on the left corner of 
the SUV in the back and she'd partially taken cover at the back of the SUV and the patrol officer who arrived second is on her left side. Um, he, he, in only a few seconds, it takes him a few seconds when, after he gets by her side where he deploys his taser. Um, he did tell Shelby that he had his taser ready and then immediately after the deployment, Shelby fires, hitting Crutcher and killing him. Um, in my opinion, I hate to I hate to be this way. In, in my opinion, she was rightfully charged, and the jury got it wrong when they acquitted her. I believe that the officer who deployed the taser was correct in his decision. As I told you before, he could not let that uh, Crutcher go mobile if they were thinking he was having a mental episode, health episode or if they were thinking that he was um, that he was on PCP. doesn't matter which one it was. They could not let him go mobile. And I, I believe Shelby reacted to the sound of the taser. A taser makes a pop when it, when it, when it goes off. And I think she reacted with sympathetic fire. Um, you know, when an officer fires his or her weapon because other officers open fire, it's just a known phenomenon. You, you believe that the other officer perceives the threat, so you open fire also. And that thinking, in my opinion, has kind of changed, but that's how, how it, it just happens. It happens on the battlefield. It happens a lot. Um, Shelby also says she feared that Crutcher was going to kill her. Well, in my opinion, if you watch the video, I would encourage you to go watch this video. He never makes an aggressive move towards her. And in her own words, he said he never said a word to her. So, or she said he never said a word to her. You know, earlier I said she was well liked by her peers. Um, I believe that's true. You know, people, you know, they also say she didn't go on calls alone. She was usually a backup officer. So the fact that she was well liked tells me that she was likely a good officer because you do not want to hang out with bad officers. They make bad decisions and they put you in bad in bad situations. So, you know, if she's regularly backing people and they're okay with it and she's well liked, it's because she was a good officer. I think she made a bad decision in this case. You know, there were four other officers on the scene at the time when Crutcher was shot. She's the only officer who who fired her weapon, the only one who engaged in deadly force. And that tells me that the other officers did not perceive a threat that justified deadly force. You know, in this case, I believe that a man lost his life when it did not have to happen. I think the media made it out to be a racial thing. And I will tell you as a police officer, I, you know, I told you before I'm a retired police officer. When you're going to a call, you never think about the color of the person's skin. You just don't, you know, People, the media wants you to think that. Remember I told you in the last episode, Barack Obama wants you to think that. You remember I told you, he said that that parents are right to worry that their, that their black children will not come back alive because police are going to kill them if they go outside. You know, it's unreasonable. It doesn't happen that way. You know, I've never stopped someone based on the color of their skin. No one I know of has ever stopped someone or shot someone or used deadly force on someone or used even a use of force on someone who thought just because based on the color of their skin. So I don't believe Shelby acted just because of race. I think Shelby was, was the victim of sympathetic fire. I believe the jury got it wrong. So, I mean, that's, just, that's my feeling. You are welcome to, to, um, to not agree. So this kind of concludes the, the this concludes the episode on Betty Shelby. I try to get these under 20 minutes right now. I'm about 1948, so we did it. I hope you learned a little bit. 
I really appreciate you listening to my podcast. I want to let you know. So I opened, I put, I put up a Facebook page for the Liberal Conservative Podcast. If you just search it, but I had to tell you something. I, so I was brutalized for the last two weeks since the pod, since the Facebook page is open by the radical left and the radical right just not agreeing with anything I say. I kind of. Well, that's what the podcast is for. It's for middle America. We believe differently than the radical left and the radical right. I will say that the vast majority, probably 80% of the abuse came from the radical left. I don't get that. You know, I think I told you guys before, I was probably one of the most liberal police officers that you'll find. And now since I've, since I've changed careers and I'm in, in my third career and I moved into teaching, I'm probably one of the more conservative teachers, you know, because teaching is, is generally... Um, more conservative-minded people. So I hate that I took the abuse, but at least I know that I'm getting to the target audience, which is middle America. So once again, hey, thank you guys for for listening. I really appreciate you taking the 20 minutes, 25 minutes, whatever it is that, to, to listen to my podcast. It means a lot to me. Um, I care about all of you guys. I appreciate it. So thank you guys. Have a great evening. We will be back in two weeks with another Use of Ford Sensen. And I have a couple that I'm working on right now, so I, I, I'm not sure which one we will. So thank you guys, and have a good evening.